Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. It's time once again for Dueling Review. This week, we are taking a look at the Rocketeer, the great race number two, uh, voted on by our patrons over at patreon.com slash major spoilers. Come join the fun. Pick out next week's comic. Who knows what it will be? Uh, only you, the voter, <laughs> the, the listener who gets over there and votes. So go and vote. Yes, do that. In the meantime, we're going to talk about the Rocketeer, the great race number two. And I did not read number one, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you need to, because this one pretty much gives you all the information you need. Yep. Issue one basically was, you know, Cliff being Cliff and Jenny being Jenny. Uh, Betty, sorry. I always get that confused. I, it's a, my Jennifer Connelly thing. Uh, but this gentleman, Professor Nicosi, who looks remarkably like the real-life Howard Hughes, I might add, uh, showed up to say to, to Cliff, hey, I've got this advanced aircraft but I want you to fly in this around the world race to Paris. And he's like, okay, great. We're going to go to Paris. And then Jenny, you can fly to Paris and we'll have a romantic thing. And then all of that and the thing. So, yeah. Yeah. And this issue pretty much repeats all that stuff, except uh, now we know that uh, the blonde guy is flying in the race. The German guy is a Nazi. Oh, surprise. Uh, Also that uh, cliff is flying a, a uh, supersonic uh, pre jet jet plane. And so mm-hmm. you've got all that stuff going on and it ends in a cliffhanger and it does. I will say this. Um, mm-hmm. There is a whole genre of comics that focus on sports. So there are football mm-hmm. comics and for mm-hmm. uh, non-Europeans, there are soccer comics. There are baseball right. comics. There are fencing comics and volleyball comics and karate comics and all these things where uh, the sport is the issue. Right. And and I find those fascinating because first of all I'm like well how can you make a sports comic fascinating and it's and it's you know it's not always about uh you know Roy of the Rovers scoring the the final goal to win the game and getting the golden boot it is right. you know it's often the interpersonal conflict that goes on between the characters especially when you look at Fence from Boom Studios and there was a volleyball one that Boom did as well and of course there's all sorts of sports comics is this whole genre over on the manga side and the anime side uh, across the seas the other way. Um, and so I don't have any problem with that. I find them very fascinating. Uh, but if you go into the Rocketeer, the great race number two, thinking you're going to see some Rocketeer action, you're getting a sports comic. Okay. You are getting a sports comic because this, uh, the majority of this issue is who are the flyers in this, in mm-hmm. this race and the planes that they will be flying. 
And the last half of the issue is planes flying and cutting each other off and refueling and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, don't, yeah. don't, don't give it too much gas. Cliff, you're going to run out of gas with the mixture. Oh, be quiet. You, you don't know what you're talking about. And, <laughs> and I got to catch that, that, that foul German. Um, that's Cliff's words, not mine. Um, right. And so you are getting a sports comic in here. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. But right. I look at the cover and I see, ooh, the Rocketeer. And it's got a cool Gabriel Rodriguez cover. And I'm like, ooh, Gabriel Rodriguez drawing the Rocketeer. And then I open it up and I'm like, yeah, this is a sports comic. Um, you <laughs> Just be aware, buyer beware, of what you're getting right. into when you read this issue. Yes. I have to admit that the interiors of a book being different than the really, really good Gabriel Rodriguez or John Byrne or, you know, even your Alex Ross covers is something that has bugged me in comics from the very sure. beginning. Sure, 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 sure. But I didn't necessarily even notice uh, the transition here. I mean, it's clearly not Gabriel Rodriguez, but it's also, it's it's really good oh, stuff. No, the, on the, the art is good. I'm just, I'm just saying you see the Gabriel Rodriguez covers and it's, you know, it's the sure. rocketeer flying amongst the planes and then... Rocketeer, I think, makes one appearance in this as a, in a flashback as from the previous issue. In a flashback, issue. no less. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, yeah, you're getting you're getting a sports comic. Uh, that ha- being said. Having read. Yeah, go ahead. Having read the original first three uh, or five, whatever it is, the Dave Stevens issues from Pacific Comics. Oh, yeah, yeah. I read those two. It's, yeah, it's not necessarily an issue that feels out of character because a lot of those books were about, you know, the drama and the weirdness and then Cliff being forced to put on the suit or, you know, fly around and do his thing. Uh, you know, Malcolm's in trouble. We have to save Malcolm. Or, oh, no, we have to go and you know, fight Timothy Dalton and, you know, blow up a blimp over the Los Angeles. But that's for the movie, by the way. But you do have, you know, in this, I agree that having Little Rocketeer in an issue of The Rocketeer is something that might also, you know, your basic caveats for your mTORs, but I, I like the fact up to the point that this feels like it's tied into a, a certain place and a time and a zeitgeist. And it's like, hey, here's this going on. And here's this guy who looks like Howard Hughes. And then I'm like, but my brain went, didn't Howard Hughes create the rocket? And then I'm like, no, Doc Savage created the rocket. This is the comic continuity. And then, you know, it, even a, a relatively, I shouldn't say new because the Rocketeer is like a 40-year-old character. But a, a character with fewer barnacles can still fall prey to that. Oh my God, this is this is not what I expected. Yeah, you know, and I feel like this kind of is what I remember those early Rocketeer stories being like, but also not necessarily what a superhero comic would be like. Even recent IDW Rocketeer superhero comic issues mm-hmm. have been different. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So my. Uh... It it might be Howard Hughes, but uh, I took it when I saw it. Is they're either uh, making fun of uh, Howard Stark, which of course is a knockoff of of Howard Hughes, right? Or now uh, uh, picture this: uh, mm-hmm. what if what if the person who builds this plane is actually based on uh, uh, Dave Stevens himself? Huh. So you think Nikosi looks like Dave Stevens? Uh, if Dave Stevens just had a mustache and no no goatee. And took out his yeah, that's interesting. That's just me. You know, I mean it I, would be a nice little thing, but you're probably right. It's probably a Howard Hawks or a Howard, a Howard Hughes kind kind of Howard. <laughs> I mean it could be both. Yeah. 
Uh, I know that's your your film background. The the uh, the art in here is fine. I don't have a problem with the art. In fact, I really enjoy a lot of the airplane stuff that we get to see when the race is going on, like when they're all on the starting line getting ready to take off and we have this great above shot looking down mm-hmm. at all the different planes from Germany and Japan and uh, Norway and Great Britain and then, you know, Cliff's experimental craft. And it's like, ooh, that's really cool. That looks really right. neat. Uh, and great. and the airplanes are well well drafted. Uh, I don't have any problems with that. And uh, yeah, the the art is fine. I don't have a problem with the art, and I really don't have a problem with the story because you know before I know it, we're in the middle of a race, and I didn't even realize that. Oh yeah, we only saw the Rocketeer in a flashback, and then we get to a great cliffhanger, uh, so to speak. And uh, and I'm just like, wow, this was a really fun comic that moves pretty quick. Although I think there's a little bit of filler stuff. that probably could have been trimmed up a little bit. Uh, I think Mm -hmm. the story is just fine. I I really don't, uh, I really didn't have a problem with this issue at all. I, I kind of agree about the filler stuff, but I also really like the, the way it makes the story break where it does. And it does give some focal time to PV and PV's crush on, you know, someone who's clearly going to be an ally in this one of the other, uh, one of the other uh, mechanics. Mm -hmm. And I like, you know, I like the focus on things. The things that struck me though, there's a sequence where uh, Cliff and PV are impressed by this other mechanic. And as they leave uh, the cafe where they have every single meal of their lives, Jenny is upset. Betty is upset. And there's a sequence of panels where, they're trying to show that Betty is mad. And I'm like, I feel like they're actually modeling Betty cage cheese, Betty page cheesecake shots. And they don't necessarily look like Betty's mad so much as Betty is posing for an invisible artist. And so well, that's I mean, really Dave, my Dave Stevens did that. Dave Stevens did that oh, too. I mean, just absolutely. I mean, had no, had no, uh, <laughs> was just straight up going. Yeah. Here's this cheesecake shot of, of Betty page. I'm, I am literally copying that to the letter inside yeah. the pages of the comic. So I think that that's I, kind of expected. These just feel a little, a little awkward to me, not necessarily in a terrible way, just in a way where I'm like, oh, well, that doesn't feel as, you know, naturalistic as even some of the stuff that Dave did, like, you know, the notorious wow page within the story as you go through it, the build up to it, and then the big blam, and then you move on for it. It it feels more justified, I feel, in, in terms of that story. But even that's a relatively minor complaint. I really kind of enjoyed this. I, I have to admit to hearing Alan Arkin in my head with all of the PV dialogue. Mm. And then, you know, I hear this German and in my head, I'm just like, get to the chopper. Get uh, to the chopper now, yeah, no, Stephen. I don't I don't hear any of that, but OK, I'll, I'll let you, you. You don't hear the German? Not, not as Arnold. Well, first of all, Arnold what a stunningly beautiful woman you are! Come and look at the fellow pilots. Arnold Schwarzenegger is Austrian, so oh, uh, is he? Yeah, uh, so kind of keep Austria that in mind. Is separate from Germany. At the time, it was. are they like right next to each other? At the okay. time, at the time, it was. <laughs> but then, of course, <laughs> there's this whole don't. thing where these don't. filthy Nazis uh, came and tried to take over all the countries. So there True, you go. and this story does take place in that Rocketeer time period that we like to call nineteen thirty six seven eight. I think this uh, one nope. actually takes place in thirty nine. Uh, so does this it? would be yeah. So this is still. I, I'm very fascinated in this, and you can go into the history and look it up. And I mean, it's it, mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of uh, very bad things, but just oh, America pre nineteen forty two. You know, by nineteen thirty nine. 
uh, Germany has already invaded Poland. France yeah. Great Basically, Britain, Europe, Europe is at war. Yeah, yeah Great Britain point. and France have declared uh, war on on Germany. It's not until 1940 when the Germans roll into Paris. Uh, and so, uh, you know, you've got we're in that weird time where everyone knows what Germany is doing. Well, not all the not all the atrocities that the Nazi Germany was right. doing. Um, and yet we're still just like, OK, come fly in our race, uh, German man, or come and be in our movies or come in. And uh, yeah. You know, and then, of course, there's the whole dark side of uh, Rockefellers and all of that stuff. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah. But uh, I just find this period just super fascinating in that today we are. Well, I don't know. Uh, you know, today we're really super ready to condemn these kinds of actions, but back then America was just very much Monroe doctoring it up. You know, you leave yeah. us alone, we'll leave you alone. Uh, kind of yeah, thing. So, yeah, you get it. You get into a point where there is a real sort of kind yeah, of a, a creative disconnect there because whenever I read these stories or, you know, when I watch the movie, uh, by the way, there's a new Disney cartoon featuring yeah, it's been out uh, for a year, a couple of years now, for like a year or two. Yeah. Yeah. And it's set in the present day and it really freaks me out because this little girl's flying around and I'm just like, but it's 1939. Is that? Oh, right. Yeah, no, it's like his great granddaughter or something like that. You do get into kind of a, a, a thought process of this is like this weird, perfect kind of almost a Raymond Chandler world or well, a, a movie type world. And that's why I think a lot of this stuff takes place between 33 and 42 mm-hmm. when America yeah. was basically neutral in, in the whole thing, when there was a glamorization of everything. Cause not only are you in the golden age of movies, you know, you've got the talkies right. and all these things that have been out since 33. Um, and, and the U S isn't entered the war. And so we can still look at the Germans as these, and both portrayed in the movies and in the comics, as we see here with the, uh, with the pilot, uh, Schultz or whatever his name is. Uh, how he's this very suave. He sees nothing. He's this very suave guy that you know hits on Betty, and she's like, "Oh, he he he's such a he's such a man." Uh, and then at the same time, we know that oh, these these Germans are really horrible, and we know right, that through bad. the lens of lens of history kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's always things to keep in mind when you when you look at. Uh, these depictions in media and you do have to realize that there are some real atrocities and horrors that took place uh, through the war and, and people's lives that are being, you know, extinguished. Uh, and we're playing a lot of it up for entertainment value, but I, I don't know. Sometimes you have to do that. So, some of that may be, yeah. part of the, may be part of the healing process or the, you know, coming to grips process. And, you know, we're looking at something that was initially, it's based on a property that was initially, what, were we talking like 85, 86? And that was a very different world. And I feel like... Oh, when you're talking about some degree, when, this, when the Rocketeer first came out. Right, yeah. when the yeah, Rocketeer yeah. property, when Dave started drawing the Rocketeer, it was at a point in time where, you know, it kind of felt like you could look back and say, well, four decades ago, things were different. But now... Now the world is, a, you know, and I feel like the difference between maybe yeah. that that societal, not necessarily everybody, but that societal mindset of we're beyond that. And now we can look back at it. That that yeah. was around in the in the 80s. No, I can. As I can we see came that. to the end of the Soviet Empire, you know, was kind of a it was different than today. No, no. I mean, d- definitely in the 80s uh, and, and really uh, 60s through the 90s, yeah. really. Uh, it was fine to have, you know, Nazis as the bad guy. I mean, the Nazis are always the bad guy uh, because right. we looked at it as, well, the Nazis have been defeated and we're never going to let that happen again. 
And yep. so it's great to use the Nazis as punching bags in all of your your swashbuckling type uh, adventures, right? And then we hit, you know, today and we see, oh, well, the Nazis haven't been really eradicated. So that that makes it a little a little more problematic, uh, I think, or a little bit more. Let's make sure that we're ensuring that the Nazis are the bad guys in our media as opposed to uh, playing them up as some kind of a good guy. If that makes right, sense. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, this story really does kind of focus specifically on the German flyer to the point where I'm starting to wonder if maybe he's not a red herring. I mean, even though we've seen, I guess, no, it's probably not because we saw him do the flashback and a red herring would be a Russian flyer, but no, the flashback to the, uh, the stuff that happened when Cliff crashed. Yeah. That in was the in previous issues. Yeah. In the previous issue stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm wondering now. I was I was thinking that maybe, you know, because recently uh, the kid and I actually watched the movie and oh, they the were Rocky paying movie. attention yeah, yeah, yeah. for the first time. Yeah. And they were all set up for Paul Sorvino to be the villain. And then the reveal, and, and I don't remember ever having this, but the reveal of, you know, what was actually going on with uh, James Bond's character, with Timothy Dalton's character, surprised them. Was like, wait, no, oh, Oh, oh my God! They found out he's bad. Yeah. Well, he's a good actor, and I don't right, but I don't remember there ever being a time where I didn't know that that was coming up. Uh, but they saw it as a, th- as a twist moment. I think that it, I think we kind of knew that. It just, I mean, he's kind of uh, in the in the movie. He's smarmy, and he's yeah, you can tell he's jerk. just a lech and a jerk. And so when yeah. the when the reveal is made, when uh, Betty goes into the secret room and finds all the German stuff and realizes that he's right. a Nazi, the secret Nazi that everyone's after. Then of right. course it's not a surprise because they've been building it up that this guy is bad from the start. And then you realize just how bad he is. Um, right. But yeah, I can see how some people might look at it yeah. uh, that way. And I think they were looking at it as, you know, from the parallel story structure of Timothy Dalton was the, well, and, the villain yeah. in the, in the romantic subplot. And then, Paul Sorvino is the villain in the heroic subplot and then things made a turn. And then of course the point where, where Eddie Valentine is like, Hey, I may be a criminal, but I'm an American criminal. Right, right, right. There was just a cheer out loud moment. And it was, it was a moment where I feel like they perceived that as a twist and the bad guy is now better, not necessarily good, but not as bad. And who we thought was just a smarmy guy is now the bad, bad guy. Yeah. And I'm like, that's that's actually a really, you know, if if you can perceive the movie that way, it's actually a stronger movie. Oh no, it is. I mean, uh, it is. That, I mean, that was. I mean, that's really the whole point is what they were trying to do. Is yeah, and and they did it well. But I think that, you know, when you look at all the clues that they were dropping in the movie, uh, I think it's mm-hmm. pretty obvious. Now here, it's just these guys. He's blonde. He's from Germany. You know, he's the bad guy. Uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, or you know, he's up to no good. He's a no good Nick. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, I have enjoyed, for the most part, all of the Rocketeer series that IDW has been putting out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, of course, no one can ever exceed what what Dave Stevens did with this character. But I think yes. for the most part, IDW, you know, the Rocketeer is in good hands with IDW. Uh, I don't have any concerns. Now, had the Rocketeer property been picked up by Marvel or DC or something like that, then I would have real concerns because... Yeah. As we've seen with other, you get, pulpy, a, you get a Conan situation. Yeah. Well, you get a Conan situation, which we've talked about. I don't know if it was on this show or somewhere else that we talked about it. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, 
you know, when you look at other pulpy characters like the shadow or like doc Savage, when they're at like dynamite entertainment, uh, uh, the shadow does just fine. But for some reason, when it gets to, uh, doc Savage, you give it to DC mm-hmm. and it's like, well, we've got to bring him into the modern age. We've got to bring this 1930s guy into the modern age. And I fear that if the rocketeer landed at, uh, DC or Marvel, that they would have to figure out some way where Cliff Secord, and I was going to say Captain America, but really Captain America <laughs> and Cliff Secord could have a team up in 1930s and, uh, and the early 1940s and still makes sense. Uh, but yep. like, uh, Dr. Strange and Cliff Secord meeting in modern day New York where Spider-Man and, and the Rocketeer teaming up just would seem weird and out of place. You remember Doc Savage uh, was part of the 70s Marvel Universe for a while. He actually I know. appeared in uh, Marvel 2-in-1 with The Thing, and I'm like, Yeah, really? but he wasn't with The Thing. Those were standalone stories in the 2-in-1. They were fighting. Uh, the but um, they the when Marvel had the Doc Savage property line in the 70s, Mm-hmm. They did really good at adaptations of the first couple of books. Uh, yes. The Man of Bronze, the um, uh, Death in Silver, and I forget what the third one was that they did in that arc. And those were really well done. And when DC Comics had the Doc Savage property in the 80s, uh, late 80s, uh, their first arc was really good until they decided to bring Doc Savage to the present. And then it kind of went downhill from there. And of course, I think that was the Kubert's doing the art. Kubert's doing the art on that. Yeah. I want to say uh, Adam and Andy together. I yeah, say. I think so. Yeah. Cause I just remember those stunning covers. And then when uh Hawk world came out, I was like, Oh, okay. Um, and then it went to a bunch of indie, like really super indie publishers after that. And I kind of mm-hmm. bought the comics, but never read them. Um, but they were like, publishers that are probably not in existence today. Uh, and then it ended up yeah. at, uh, then DC got it back and I was really excited. And then they brought him back to the future again, along with <laughs> uh, you know, the whole rags Morales, um, stuff that he was doing. Yeah. That which first a, wave stuff was interesting. Yeah, it um, really was until they brought them into the future, which was the biggest mistake. But anyway, uh, <laughs> we're talking about the rocketeer and the great race. Number two. True. I, I enjoyed this. I thought it was fun. Uh, I'm glad that we we picked it up and read it. And I think if you're a fan of the Rocketeer, I think you'll enjoy this. And and really, honestly, if you missed issue one and you're like, I don't know if I'm going to jump right in at issue two, go ahead and jump in at issue two. You're not going to have a problem. And my guess is your comic book store will have a uh, issue number one still sitting on the shelf somewhere. Or you can use the affiliate link in the show notes and you can pick up uh, a copy digitally and read them all right now. So there you go. Matthew, what are your final thoughts? I would agree. I think that this is definitely worth picking up and they are, are, you know, I don't think it's been a full month since issue one because I remember reviewing issue one, but there are likely going to be issue one copies on the stands and you should check it out. Um, As Stephen said, it's not Dave. It can't be Dave, but it definitely honors what Dave created and what Dave did. And as even though it's kind of an issue where a character who is known for wearing a rocket pack on his back and doing whoop-de-whoops spends, you know, the whole issue flying an, a normal, relatively normal airplane. It's not necessarily wrong or bad or no. boring. It's not something where you're like, okay, it's a Superman story, but we're going to have him walk across the United States using no superpowers for some reason. You know, you get to a point where it's like, hey, this works. This is good. See Jimbo Fed in our live chat says, uh, I think I'll give this issue a shot. I'm a sucker for these adventure stories that take place in that era. So there you go. Uh, you should be able to get your hands on that. 
Um, unless you live in Germany, because I think they still have a ban on anything uh, with Nazi imagery in it. So, was there, there actually Nazi imagery in here? I saw I mean, an Iron Cross. But yeah, I don't know so if Iron I saw. Cross. I don't know if that if that counts, but I do know that uh, there have been some hard lines where uh, things yeah. are not able to get into to Germany because of their their stance on no no Nazi symbolism or anything. So right. there you go. All right. All right, everybody, that wraps it up for this week's show. Thank you so much for downloading and checking us out. Don't forget to head over to patreon.com slash major spoilers. Join us over there and vote for next week's uh, comic. We've got six of them for you to uh, to pick from. So go and pick a good one, and we'll be back next week. And until then, go, and go to your comic book shop. Go to your digital uh, comics uh, distributor, Comixology or whoever, and uh, read some comics, because there's definitely good comics out there. This podcast is copyright 2022 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.